it's live. I think it's live. It's always kind of a... Uh, you never know when this thing really started. Attention, tadpoles. You are now listening to the host of Where I Belong, the Frog King himself, David Corbo. Once again, big shout out to Colin Metzger for that fucking awesome intro. I love that thing. That is beautiful. Let me go ahead and mute this before we got all kinds of goofy sounds coming out of the laptop. What's up, guys? How you living? What's new? I got a bunch of new stuff. A bunch of new stuff to share with you. Just about, just about my life, you know? Let's go ahead and mute that. Close that out. Whenever I do these uh, these live things, it's always like a half-ass setup that I got going on over here. But I like to watch it on the YouTube live stream. One, because I like to see if I look like a fucking idiot. Um, but two, because there's a chat. And uh, the only way I could see the chat is by opening it up on my laptop, so... Corona is the only beer you do that with, right? Where you load it up with a lime. I load it up with three limes because I got like a lot of extra limes. You know what I'm saying? And limes don't really serve any other purposes besides going in Corona. You don't really do else with them, right? You know what I mean? Like, what else are you doing with a lime? Not much. <coughs> Not much. There we go. Ah. Uh. So what's going on, guys? What's new? What's new with me? You guys can't tell me what's new with you, but I can tell you what's new with me. Uh, hot off the heels of doing an episode with Ari Manis. It was a pretty cool episode. Uh, very cool guy. Nice nice young Jewish gentleman. And uh, had a lot of fun doing that. Just started a new job. Um, left the old one. You know, recently I told you guys, I was like, oh, um, I got a better paying job. Remember I said that? And I started weighing it out. It was like a good paying job, but it was like really soul crushing. Not, I use that term a lot, like soul crushing, right? And it's kind of a fucking cop out. But I think it's just like, just, it wouldn't have, I, I'd have been unhappy. I'd have been unhappy. And so I weighed the pros and cons and I decided against it, which in hindsight, probably not the best move because of some news that we got, but I'll, I'll get to that later. But, um, so for like two weeks I was unemployed. Which was nice. Might be more than two weeks. Maybe two and a half, almost three weeks. But it was nice. Um, it was just nice to be home with my family. It was nice to be home with my wife. It was nice to spend so much time with my kid. Um, especially we got some good weather like a few times. And we were able to go out and do some dope shit. Do some yard work. But also like play on the trampoline and go to the park. And played hard, man. Played hard. Taught him how to play catch a little bit. Taught him how to rock climb. That was about the coolest thing. Taking my son, teaching him how to climb on like boulders because there's a lot of boulders where I live. You know what I mean? It's a very mountainous area. And so you go to a park over here, uh, shoot right down the mountain. There's a park out there and there's like this little area that's typically fenced, not not fenced off, but they don't, pro they don't promote or they don't encourage the kids to go over there. You know, so like there's fences around it. You can still get in there pretty easily though. And, and so I was like, fuck that. Like, we bypassed the playgrounds, and we went straight over to this um, this little rocky area, and 
I told him how to climb some boulders, and you know, it, they were they were pretty big, but I was able to be like right behind him in case he fell, and he never fell. But he would turn around, he would reach out for me if he got scared, and I I wouldn't let him because, you know, if you start depending on another person while you're climbing on something, I, I don't know. I just I, to me it didn't feel like my intuition was like that's a bad. I didn't I didn't, um, I didn't logically think it out. I just felt like it's a bad idea. Don't grab onto me. Focus on you know. The rock, the rock's not moving. I'm moving. You know, if I fall or if my weight shifts, you know, whatever, man. It was a good time, though. It was a good time taking him out there and doing all that stuff. But kids are assholes. <laughs> kids are assholes. They're assholes, man. They don't know they're being assholes. You know, but when you have, uh, before you have a family, you think there's like this, uh, this notion of like everybody's got each other's backs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this little dude's got my back, and I got his back. We're like a squad. Um, and that is not, 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 not the case. That is not the case. He does not have my back. He doesn't realize it, but he has none of my best interests in my Like, you know, I, I, there was a couple days I slept pretty late. You know, I'd be asleep to like 9.30. And one day I'm sleeping. I forgot that uh, his buddy was supposed to come over. We were supposed to babysit his, his little friend from down the street. Because one of his parents was out of town. The other one was going to work. And I forgot about it. My wife didn't forget about it. She was up early doing the thing. And I hear the door open. I'm still laying in bed. The bedroom door opens too. I'm still laying in bed. I hear the door open. I hear like some other dude's voice. I'm like, fuck, man. This guy's here to drop his kid off. You know, which is fine. You know, we, we said we babysit, no big deal. But I'm just embarrassed now because I'm sleeping. So I'm like, shit. So what you want out of that situation is just nobody even mentioned dad. You know what I mean? I don't even want anybody to know that I'm not working. Uh, so that's what I want. I want everybody to just play low-key. Dad's not even here. Don't even mention dad. As soon as that kid walks in, as soon as that dude and his son walks in, you hear my little son-of-a-bitch kid go, My dad's still sleeping! Bro. What the fuck? What the fuck? Are you shitting me? You're supposed to have my back. My dad's still sleeping. I hear the dude grumble some shit like, oh, okay. Maybe, you know, meanwhile, he's dropping his kid off, getting ready to go to work. Actually, I think it was earlier than nine because he's got to go to work. So it's probably like eight in the morning. I wouldn't even sleep crazy late, you know? It was like eight in the morning. My dad's still sleeping. Not even four years old. Just exposing me. And if that wasn't bad enough, the next thing you hear is, You want to go look at my dad's sleep? Bro, what the fuck? Now I've got to pretend to be asleep. He's not talking to the dad, he's talking to the other kid. My family drops the ball again. My wife just lets him right by the defenses. Doesn't even say, leave daddy alone. Doesn't even, you know what the best move would have been? Shut the door and say, daddy's not sleeping, he's getting changed. Right? That's what people who have your back do. No, 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 daddy's not sleeping. He's getting changed. Don't go back there. Leave him alone. The dad would have said, yeah, 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 don't go back there. Come on. I'd have been able to pop up out of bed, throw some pants on. Right? But a grown-ass man, I'm nearly 30 years old. These two little kids come running down the hallway. I got to pretend to be asleep. So now these two kids run up to my face. 
you know, because I got an elevated bed with the, with the, you know, the bed frame, there's a thick box spring, it's a really thick mattress, I'm, I'm fucking face level with these little turds, boom, 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 they come running into my bedroom, and they want to whisper, but loud whisper, because kids don't know how to whisper yet, look at my dad, shh, he's sleeping, right in my face, when he goes, shh, he spits on me, I got to pretend to still be asleep like a coward. I felt like such a coward. You know, and then the other kid feels so uncomfortable. He goes, uh, we should leave. I don't want to wake him up. And my kid goes, okay. And then because they're fucking idiots, they're just kids. They don't know shit. They, they like purposely stomp March out of the. You know what I mean? Because I think like when you see like Dora the Explorer or whatever children's cartoon is when they sneak, they lift their knees up like really high, like bump, bump, bump. I can't really, my fingers aren't that articulate, but you know, uh, 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 they lift their knees up really high, but they don't get that they're doing a soft landing with the knees. So they just lifting their knees up really high and stomping all the way out of the fucking bedroom. Now the dude that dropped his kid off can hear this. He knows I'm pretending to be asleep. And I'm not coming out until he leaves now. Because I'm a coward, right? I'm not coming out until he gets the fuck out of here. So I wait until he leaves and I, and I, and I, and I fucking... And I slink out of the bedroom. But kids don't have your back, you know? They never have your back. We'll be walking through ShopRite, and, and just because he thinks it's a funny thing to ask, he'll go, Dad, did you fart? Go, because at home I fart. That's what I... That's what dads do. And when he's home and, he's, and he asks if I farted, I, you know, we, la we have a laugh about it. It's funny to ask that. And I go, no, Mom farted. And then he goes, Mom, did you fart? Excuse me. Um, but he'll ask me that out in public, loud. You got to be careful what you say about him or say around him. It's like they're always looking to sabotage you. You know what I mean? The other day I'm in the kitchen and I'm talking to my wife and we're having a long conversation. Uh, I don't know what it was about. I think it was about like mowing the lawn because I had been mowing the lawn recently. I wasn't mowing the lawn, but I was, there was a bunch of leaves that I was just too lazy to pick up. And I said, I'm just going to run over them with the lawnmower. And I'm in the kitchen. I'm talking to my wife and I'm going, yeah, I don't know why. Every time I tried to start the lawnmower, it would, it would run for a little bit and then it would die. And it would run for a little bit and it would die. And, and I knew that I should have Googled the problem, but I just kept starting it up and you know, I kept hitting, I kept priming the, the engine and then, or you hit the little button to prime it, you press it three times, whatever, you turn the key, you depress the handle, you pull it over and over and over again. It just keeps and it would run and it would die and it would run and it would die. And I'm just sitting there and eventually I'm like, you know, what the fuck? But I looked it up and I ended up just needed to clean the spark plug. All that. I said all that. All of that. That whole sentence. My kid comes marching in and goes, what the fuck? That's what you heard? You trying to sabotage me. 
You're listening that whole sentence, everything that I said about priming the engine, turning the key, pulling the all of that stuff, googling it, and all you heard was what the fuck, and that's all you said was what the fuck. You know when he when he when he when he drops fuck, I put the foot down and I make sure there's no laughter. I'm like, hey, don't you can't say that. Do not say that. You know what I mean? Because it's not even like I have I, I'm very averse to to swearing. Because I'm, I'm really not. I don't think that that... I think, to me, it's more about the in, the intent uh, and more and less about the language that you use. But I do see a significance in, like, it, you know, people need to like your kid. If your kid's going to stand a chance out in, in the world, people need to like him. And nobody likes a five-year-old running around saying fuck. You know, and so I put my foot down there. Uh, other things I might, you know, I might have a laugh at or whatever. But, uh... David doesn't swear. I, I do. I, I see some comments in the. I do swear. I, I, I don't have an aversion to swear. I don't think that there's such a terrible thing when it comes to children uh, swearing. I really don't. Uh, I wish that there wasn't like this. I, I'm sure you can make a strong argument as to why children shouldn't swear. And, and, and you, you probably could convince me. But for, for the most part, I think that I, I'm much more concerned about intent like what are you saying what's the message i don't you know if you trip and you stub your your toe and you go oh fuck you know oh well you know you stubbed your toe but if you know i tell you to go to your room and you go fuck you dad well that's different that's very different you know so so um but like i said i recognize the value in other people liking your kid especially adults liking your kid if, if adults don't like your kid who's gonna have their back when they're not with you you know so it's very important um but yeah, man, kids don't have your back. Doesn't work the other way around. Kids don't have your back. You know what I mean? Every time I, 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 I say something to him, uh, you know, if I tell him, like, uh, you know, you have to do this, and he goes, why? And I go, because I said so. You have to go. Because just at a certain age, I don't believe fucking explaining things to children. I really don't. If if the mood is right and everybody's happy and everything's cool, I could explain something to you. But if I'm telling you to do something and there's like anger in the situation and you're misbehaving, you do not get an explanation. You've got to do what the fuck I say and that's it. But I'll, sometimes I'll tell him, you know, because I and he'll run over to mommy and he'll say, "Mommy, daddy said," and I'm like, "You little mother, you're ratting." It's so weird to have a child rat on you, you know, because then you've got to you feel the the you feel like what you really got to do is you got to. Go, okay, now it's the ball's in her court, and she's got to continue being the other part of the team. You know, that's how we do it. You know, she sees through his shit, and she goes, oh, yeah? Okay, well, why did Daddy say that? Oh, yeah? Okay. But part of you wants to go, oh, yeah? Do you know what he did? And then you're now you're now it's two people, a little one and an adult, and you're both uh, arguing to mom, or you're both, like, trying to win her, it's so, it's a fucking weird thing, so, you know, you, you back out of it, you don't do that, because then, you know, then you teach them that, that scenario, um, what happens next is combat, you've gotta, you've gotta beat dad, and talk to mom, uh, makes her the boss, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, no, nobody gets, it. see, that's what I, somebody just pointed out, it makes her the boss, that's, uh, Joseph Faria said it makes her the boss, and that's what you try to avoid, right, because it's like, nobody is the, we're the fucking boss, sometimes he goes, um, you know what's really weird, my son will climb up on, on our laps, I don't know where he gets this from, I don't know if he's watching something, he'll go, uh, he'll go, I'm the boss of you guys, Ooh. 
nothing sets me oh a little something in my fucking in my heart go what <laughs> who the fuck and i a lot of the times i'll snap right back you're not you're not the fucking boss of anybody i like to tell him st- stupid things like that you know he'll go um that's mine and i go you don't own anything you don't have any belongings you've never purchased anything in your life you know i'll, I'll say weird little elaborate snarky things to him i'm not biden I'm Obama in this bitch. But we're both Obama. If, if Obama had a clone. But yeah, man, kids don't have your back. They really don't. And it, that, that's what makes you one or two, you know, like uh, I was working the other day. This is just yesterday. And my wife had to go to a baby shower. And so uh, we got a babysitter. And she has a kid as well. And they were going to another kid's birthday party who we didn't know. Uh, although I think my wife knew him a little bit had met him at like a play group or something like that. And so we, I'm sorry, we bought her a toy to bring as a gift because I, I, I don't believe in showing up to parties empty handed. And so, you know, even that goes for my fucking three year old too. So when he shows up, he's got a swag bag for the kid, even though we never met him. I think that's, that's, you know, you should do that. Um, but the whole time in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God, like every terrible thing that I've ever done is going through my head I'm wondering if he's just if he's just mimicking that if he's just running around, you know, yelling cocksucker. Because I dropped a few cocksuckers here now and then. I can't help it, man. It's it's my my vernacular is such that I I, I try. Uh, my least favorite thing is censoring myself. That's my least fucking favorite thing. I aspire in all aspects of my life to be as genuine, uh, genuinely myself as I possibly can be. But I recognize that you can't always be fucking, you know, uh, in front of a three-year-old. And so I, I, I do uh, tone it down, uh, which is ironic because to me, the, one of the most valuable things is being genuine and uncensored as often as possible. But then the most valuable thing in my life, which is my child, is something that I have, have you know, censoring myself is so you know but that hey uh welcome to adulthood um but yeah man you just wonder about all the terrible shit that they're fucking because it's all your behavior like i said i could i could read uh an entire paragraph from a book stumble on one word and accidentally say fuck and that'll be the only word that he hears well not hears right because you know i know that but he just some he knows the value of that word because i guess because it's the only um you know, fuck is, is such oftentimes a, like a, a breach in the floor that is the crust of a volcanic bed. And that floor cracks open and smoke shoots out of it. And that smoke is fuck. So there's like all these rumblings and normal things that happen. And then the floor cracks open and fuck pops out. And fuck is just, you know, fuck is powerful. It's what comes before the... But you know what I mean? There's so much... I, it does carry a lot of... It's a, it's a guttural word. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson. No, I don't know. Uh, curious George. A lot of Curious George. Um, and he's always... That little fucking son of a bitch is always... Curious George is a weird one to read to your kid because it's nothing but this monkey getting into mischief. Like, all he does is fuck shit up. 
all he does. And they assure by the end of it, he saves the situation, you know, where like he's in a chocolate factory and he's eating chocolates off the conveyor belt and he accidentally hits a switch and all the chocolates start coming off the conveyor belt even faster. And now there's this huge problem because there's a monkey and he's eating it. But then you realize he's got four limbs with a opposable thumb so he can box the chocolates very quickly anyway. So it's okay. And everything's cool because Curious George saved the day. No, he didn't. Curious George caused the fucking problem. If, uh, if the FDA knew there was a fucking monkey in the chocolate factory, you know, but the whole book is about the monkey saving the day. Uh, so, yeah, it provokes emotion. I, I think it's disgusting. They throw their own shit, but we paint him as this adorable little ape who's hanging out with this dude in a yellow hat. I, that's like the dude who lived with the bears in the cave for the longest time. Like, if you live with a chimp, uh, you know, he's gonna he's going to fucking bite your face off eventually. He's going to grab an orifice and he's going to rip at it and he's going to tear your fucking cheek off your face and he's going to bite your nose off and that's what's going to happen. But no, he's an adorable little monkey who causes mischief but saves the day. I don't like that. Uh, uh, Curious George is an allegory <laughs> for the U.S. military. Yeah, exactly. So we, you know, infiltrate the chocolate factory uh, for the chocolate factory's benefit, whatever. We fuck it all up and then we implement a much more elaborate system uh, and, you know, we save the day. That's, whatever. I don't, I don't, I think that's fucking dumb. Uh, but, you know, it's just Curious George. Uh, anyway, off of that Curious George shit, off of, uh, off of how children never have your back. You know, what's funny about that is, uh, I, I, I'm actually working that out ever so slightly, right? Because I have this, uh, this new job that I've got. They do stand up now where they do, you know, open mics there. And I'm like... I, you know, the only reason I wouldn't do an open mic is, is, is sheer cowardice. It's because I'm, I'm too afraid, uh, to get up there and do the thing. But so, you know, I know that I, I am very well aware that if, if all of this pans out and, and I never have an episode where I go, guys, guess what? I did the open mic. No, it's because I'm a coward. That's, ex that's the only reason why, because there's no other legitimate reason for me to not do this. But I, I go, what would I you know, what would I do? I, I don't think I would be a topical comedian. As, I mean, as far as like things that are uh, in the news or anything, I don't fucking really, not that I don't care. I just, uh, politics is so nuanced and I, I'm so unconfident with myself and my ability to have any of the answers that I stay clear of that uh, pretty much at all costs. But you know, my, my own shit, uh, just like shitting on myself. I'm, I think I'm very good at that. And honestly, I've, I've been thinking about taking the bit where, you know, my son exposes me for sleeping late to the fucking, the kid we're supposed to be babysitting and his father, and then takes his buddy and comes and, and watches me sleep as I, as a grown man, nearly 30 years old, pretend to sleep in the face of three-year-old children, uh, and expanding on that about how kids don't have your back. So what you saw there was just me, trying to uh so that's fun right maybe i could add curious george in there anyway but yeah if i don't do that it's because i'm a pussy like straight up because i'm a pussy i don't uh there's no other reason there's no other reason and this is also just a way of of uh, prodding myself into the situation but i think uh late april they're gonna have something you know but it was nice it was nice being home for x amount of weeks you know not really uh <sighs> just hanging out, you know, I did the podcast, I kept good with that, um, you know what I mean, and, and, and 
I looked around for a job and I had a couple of offerings. I didn't take them because my, my, um, money debt to happiness scale is very skewed. It, it leans heavily towards happiness. Um, which obviously I know having money enables you to be happier, but I just, it's such a fucking stupid hippie kind of naive thing to say, but like, I'm so, I have such a difficult time in my mind grasping the idea of being unhappy for eight hours a day in order to live. And then a lot of people don't have that problem and hats off to you. I just, you know, like I said, nearly 30 years old and I just can't shake it. It hasn't gone away. It just seems like it won't go away. So, which is terrifying because I'm like, oh great, I need to figure out something. Like I had this epiphany the other day when I was mowing the lawn. I said, what if I'm supposed to be an entertainer? Which is terrifying because if you believe in the idea that certain people are supposed to be things, uh, then the idea that you're supposed to be an entertainer is like, what a what other pursuit is as risk-taking outside of like, you know, uh, extreme sports? You know what I mean? If you're going to the fucking X games on a dirt bike, well, you, I, I would say you got me beat. But as far as like a path to take to be an entertainer, uh, sure, there, there are things like right now doing this podcast, I'm building relationships and, and opening doors that could potentially help me in a pursuit like that. Uh, and I know, for example, like doing stand-up comedy, even if stand-up wasn't my path, being on a stage, working these things out, uh, just swimming in those waters uh, could help me find more of a concrete direction. But so much of that is just f full of fear. You know what I mean? I, I have a propensity to, to do things that I'm afraid of. You know, like I, I did boxing for nearly three years and, uh, no, no, two years, but to some people that's terrifying, you know, to, and it was a lot of it for the first year was very spar heavy boxing, you know? So to some people, the scariest thing in the world is, is a physical fight against another human, another human being. And that I was afraid of it too, you know, and still am. It's not like it went away, but I was still inserting myself into that situation over and over and over again. Uh, you know, I, I think that one of the most satisfying things in the world is doing something that you're afraid of in the first place, you know, so, um, this is in that wheelhouse. It's just a different flavor. I think at this point in my life, um, I want to do stand up, but I also would rather get punched in the face on a lot of other levels. Like I'd rather get punched in the fucking face. You know, I'd rather lose a fight against somebody like in a boxing gym. You know, that's a little bit better because at least, you know, that's controlled. I would not rather get my head stomped in on the fucking street by some, you know, gorilla stranger. That's not what I'm saying. But it's just one extreme that I'm more comfortable with at this point uh, in my life. You know, but like I keep saying, if I don't do it, it's just fucking it's just because I fucking I just pussed out. You know what I mean? So, uh. Yeah, the, the, I took a job at a farm. I took a job at a farm, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been weird. There's a place nearby that's a farm and it's also a restaurant and it's also a brewery. Um, and it's like an apple orchard as well. So there's a bunch of different shit to do. And, you know, it's like, I'm doing a bunch of things from like cleaning a restaurant 
to feeding farm animals, uh, to like cleaning fields, you know, and it's, it's bizarre. It's like, you know, I, I find myself going well, like, what, what am I, what am I fucking doing? Um, yeah, man, you know, it, my relationship with jobs has always been so weird because it's just, I've never found, I don't know. It's, if you really crunch the numbers and you look at it, it's like eight hours a day, five days a week, you know, 40 hours a week. And you multiply that over this fucking field that is your life, you know, this timeline. And it gets terrifying. You're like, oh my God, I spent fucking years of my life doing things that I didn't like so that I would have enough money to survive, which, you know, I'm boohooing about the situation that every single person on this planet, and and not to mention, we live in fucking, I, I live in America, and, uh, you know, there's not a bunch of other places that you'd rather be. You know, America's dope, Canada's dope, uh, lots of Europe is dope, um, you know, Australia, and then... You know, uh, Japan seems pretty cool. I wouldn't want to live in China. Uh, and then I'm just lucky I wasn't born in a third world country yet. Here I am bitching about what job I, you know, it's, it, it, it man, it's hard. It's hard to juggle those two things. You know, it's, it's like my head is full of contradictions because I see people that are just, um, they grasp that situation very firmly. It's fucking work hard, get a good job and uh get benefits get you know get your insurance get your 401k and go fucking you know go go to school all those things and then they have a solid life and they play hard on the weekends and do cool shit and i see the value in that but it's like i've always felt like my path was going to be a weird one um and then right now i'm like i don't know what the fuck's going on because i'm on a farm which is bizarre you know um but yeah, I found out the other day that uh, I've got to be out of where I live at Ju on July 1st, <clears throat> which is super duper cool, but I really can't complain because I've had a sweet ride here, and uh, and I'm of the belief that whenever things get mixed up in a big way like this, like, you know, changing where you're living and things like that, uh, that, yeah, sure, it's scary, and, and, and sometimes bad shit happens, but a lot of cool shit happens. As long as you don't die, in a lot of cases, a lot of cool shit happens. Uh, or you don't get sick or something traumatic doesn't fucking happen. Um, so I've been thinking about moving out of state. You know, I, I, people that have been listening to this show, um, I've talked about that a lot. I've talked about wanting to go to California or, or go to Texas. And as it stands right now, it's just like, on a, on a spur-of-the-moment move, not really spur-of-the-moment, I've got like three months, but on a spur-of-the-moment move, um, like driving to Texas would be too crazy. I don't have a shit ton of belongings. I plan on selling most of what I have and keeping only like the essentials, uh, which is like, you know, mostly clothes and stuff like that. I don't really have any furniture that I need to take with me. I could sell off everything. Uh, even the TVs, you know, I've got like a big stupid 55 inch TV, but I'm not lugging that anywhere. So sell that bad boy. Got a lot of workout equipment that I wouldn't want to part with. You know, I've got that, like that, that Bob dummy that love those things, man. They're, it's like the torso of a fucking dude with no arms and you just wail on that. You fill the base up with water and you just tee off on that thing. 
that's very fun. Um, oh no, I seem to be having some difficulties here. Hold on a second. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that is kind of a bummer having to part with all of that stuff. Forgive me if anybody is in the chat. It seems like my shit froze, but hopefully it's still good. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Give me one second. Yeah, so, um, you know, having to sell off all that stuff would be a bummer, but it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so we were thinking about going to, I'm sorry, I like spaced out for a second there. I had like I had this whole setup over to my left, uh, and it just uh, it just froze, and it's like me watching the stream so I could see the chat, and it freaks you out, right? Because whenever it freezes, you're like, "Fuck, is is this frozen? Like, is this what people are seeing? Am I fucking?" But I don't think that's the case. Anyway, yeah, man. So I'm moving, and like I said, Texas is just too far to drive to. Texas is a dope place. I I would like to go to Austin. Austin uh, has a lot of culture. There's a lot of cool shit there. Um. My cousin is actually in Arizona, uh, not Arizona. He's in Las Vegas, Nevada, and he swears by it. He says to come out there, you know. Uh, my wife has a friend in Austin, Texas. She said, oh, you guys can move to a place called um, Killeen or something like that. And we looked it up, and it was like two bedrooms for 500 bucks. We're like, what the fuck? And then I looked for jobs out there, and there's a lot of jobs, you know, for welders and things like that. And I was like, okay, cool, so I can get a gig out there and... We can make that happen. And then um, we started looking up like fucking how safe it is. And it was like you have uh, a 1 in 120 chance of being the victim of a violent robbery. Or some crazy shit like, like an assault or something like that. And it was like, like the crime rate was fucking crazy. And I was like, ugh, yeah, dude, that's not. I can't fucking. I can't read that and go like, eh. Well, you know, we'll fucking roll the dice on that. You know, I, I'm not averse to taking chances. I just, to put my, my family in fucking some sort of dangerous situation. Eh, I'm good. Um, and then we started looking at it, and it's like $300 in gas more than likely for the Elantra. Um, we got a 2013 Elantra that we just finished paying off. And then, like... I mean, you probably double that, probably like 600 bucks for the fucking, uh, the, the Cherokee, the Jeep Cherokee. And that's if that bitch can make it all the way to Texas and probably not. Um, and Chase just told me he's got gas. I uh, you want to start letting, uh, floating butt biscuits into my fucking gas can or my gas tank. I don't think that's going to help me out there, but yeah, man. So we started going, ah, well maybe fuck, um, fuck Texas. So, what's more reachable is, like, South Carolina's dope. Because I want to go someplace warm. I'm done with. If I'm going to move, if I'm going to take that chance, potentially go through that trauma, you know, potential trauma of something, you know, bad happening or just fucking the sadness of leaving where I am, I'm doing it for fucking palm trees, boy. I'm doing it for warm weather. I'm not doing it for some other fucking cold place. Not happening. Uh, and plus, I've been talking shit my whole life about going someplace warm. And so, you know... I, I don't like doing that. I hate being the type of person that talks about wanting to do a thing and then never does it because I have a long history before the age of like 23 or 24 of doing that. Like I spent 
most uh, all of my teenage years and my very early 20s just talking shit about doing things and then never doing them. Uh, and so now I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, if that's, if this is what it is, you know, if I'm going to spend all this time talking about it, I have to do it because I can't, you know, I can't really live with myself. Uh, not that that's a strong way. I just, I, I judge myself for it. You know what I mean? So, uh, which is why I was talking about the stand up comedy thing is like, I know I want to do stand up. I know that if I work at it, just like anybody, if you work at a thing and you, you know, you learn the fundamentals of anything and you practice them over and over again and you put in the work, you can become good at something. I want to do stand-up. If I don't, it's because I'm a coward. That's straight up like what the reason is. So, which is good. I love saying that shit out loud because it gives me accountability. It's like episode 49. Uh, I'll clip this shit out at 36 minutes or something. If I don't do stand-up comedy, it's because I am a coward. That's it. It's the only reason. Or because I suck at it. But I don't believe that. I don't believe that I would suck, not because I think I have some innate ability to be good at stand-up comedy, but because um, I think I can be funny, but I think, more importantly, I can put in the work. So, you know, bada-bing. Um, but yeah, man, so the same rule applies to, like, I can't talk shit all this time about wanting to go to someplace warm, and then when my back's against the wall and I have to fucking do a thing... I don't do it because it's scary or, you know, whatever. Like, I want to go to Cali, uh, but it's just super expensive. And it's a really hard thing to start looking into where to move. Like, if you're moving out of state, um, I don't know, dude. It's really difficult. Like, unless you know somebody out there, like South Carolina, uh, we've got my wife's friend Shanice is out there. And Shanice, uh, you know, is in the area that we'd want to move coincidence no it's because we know a little about about the area now and she says it's nice and she can suggest some towns and then texas is the same thing where she's got a friend in texas who uh who is giving us a lot of suggestions as to where to go but like i said don't think the jeep could make it there which is leaves you in a crazy spot because then it's like well the jeep would you know you lay down those seats plus i got a roof rack and you just start ratchet strapping shit down and 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 tetrising the inside of that bitch and uh, and you can get away with, like, not using a U-Haul. Uh, like I said, I don't really own a lot. Um, but, <clears throat> what does it say? Damn burritos. Oh, oh, God. Anyway, um, but, yeah, man, so, uh, but that's the other thing, too, about the fucking Jeep is, like, you know, I, I maintain it. I fix it. There's a lot of things that... Before I owned it, I didn't know how to do anything. I replaced the alternator on that, the crank position sensor. I did the 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 oil change. I replaced the timing bell. I fucking uh, I replaced the. There's things that I don't even remember what they're called. <laughs> um, I did all the brake lines. You know, all the stainless steel brake lines that run throughout the whole. I did all those things. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Uh, but I, I, I replaced the, uh, the, almost the entire length of the exhaust. Um, but that kind of gives you a peek into like what a heap of shit it is, you know? So making it out there is super crazy. But like I said, my cousin is, uh, it is practical. Yeah. The, the whole thing's practically new at some point uh, from reading list to lie on stream to live on stream. I need, I need a fucking, I, I should prepare for these live ones, but I don't do that. This is my, my like one opportunity to just kind of ad lib and, and, and also try to be honest. You know what I mean? Because like when I do with guests, 
there's a lot of nerves because I it's 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 like a, a ping pong thing. You know, you've got to be able to carry the conversation and uh, also be interesting and make them like you and all this shit. Like this is just I don't even I was watching Chris D'Elia on this past weekend, right? Because they did this April Fool's thing. I don't lie to guess. Somebody just asked me if I lie. I don't lie to guess. Um, <clears throat> so Chris D'Elia is on this past weekend for April Fool's. And um, it was so funny because at one point he's like, when fucking Theo Vaughn is in here, he's in here alone. And essentially that makes it, because he's in a lot, most of the time he's not in there with a guest, Theo Vaughn. And <laughs> Chris D'Elia goes, he's fucking crazy. Like he's, he's a psychopath because he's in there by himself talking to himself. And Chris says when he's in there, you know, he said some crazy shit, like he's got like 60 people in there, but he's got, there's people behind the fucking cameras when Chris D'Elia is doing his podcast. So basically what I'm saying is I'm entirely fucking alone. I am looking at myself right now on a little tiny screen <laughs> and just ranting, just ranting, uh, you know, which lulls you into this false sense of security because without this little chat room like i could see uh everybody's popping up somebody's saying you've you've had a, a knife on a stream as well i did have a knife in the past somebody's saying about farts and eating burritos and everything but if i don't look at that and i just look at this it's just it's just me it's just me ranting like an insane person telling you guys about how i feed farm animals uh and my kid exposed me for sleeping till eight o'clock you know, so, um, but yeah, man, what the hell was I talking about? That's also the, the, the bad part about not preparing at all is that, you know, I don't have right behind my camera. There's a dry erase board. It's still loaded up from Ari Manis's shit where it's like fresh off tour with Theo. Tell me about, <laughs> tell me about road hose. I wrote down on my dry erase board to remember to ask Ari Manis about road hose. Uh, skating from Oregon to New York. Ask him about his childhood. <laughs> what did his parents do? But when it's just me, I don't know if that's like, do I not care about myself enough to, to prepare? Oh, dude, what am I fucking doing? I got a, a really important thing to talk about, guys. <laughs> Okay, wait a second. Um, so, I, I did an Ancestry.com thing because my wife got an Ancestry thing. And, um, and so I got one too. And I wanted to see, you know, I, people get really fucking uppity about their ancestries, right? Be, I don't know what it is. I think it's people that are looking uh, for an identity they really latch on to it, whatever the fuck it says. I never had any kind of, you know, I, I've always been like a mutt from my knowledge. You know, my father was Uruguayan. My mother was like Irish and a bunch of other shit. Um, I don't know. I just always thought that I was a bunch of different. And so I, I, I never had, um, I grew up in a school where there was a lot of uh, racial identity going on where there was like the Spanish clique and the black clique and the, but not even just the Spanish clique. It was like the Puerto Rican kids were fucking different from like the Mexican kids. And, you know, it was very segregated in that way, but people found a lot of, um, not comfort, but like it was cool to identify with whatever your ethnicity was. You know what I mean? 
Um, they were all cool in their own little ways, except for white kids were not cool at all. Uh, and so I never felt, I didn't know what the fuck I was. I didn't have a relationship with my, the, the Spanish side of my family really. Um, and then, um, you know, my mom and I lived with her boyfriend and so I wasn't related to them, you know, him and, and his mom and things like that. And so, uh, I never had any fucking, I think I did wear a Uruguayan flag when I was a kid though. I went to like a festival in Elizabeth that was like the ethnic festival and they had a Uruguayan. It was made out of beads, like blue and white beads with a flag. And I bought that and I fucking would wear that around, but people thought I was lying about being Spanish, whatever. But yeah, so I never had any of that. So a lot of people that I know personally started getting these ancestry things and I didn't put much of much stock in it because I was like, eh, it's fucking whatever. I, I just, it was weird for me to watch other people um, do the same thing in their adulthood, which is like learn about their heritage. <laughs> it's so weird for people to learn about their heritage and then identify with that shit. What the fuck? I <laughs> I never, I never did that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I, I saw it having a, um, an identity through the things that I did, not the things that I was by default. Cause you know, I'm fucking I'm deep like that. And so, uh, but I did it. And when I order something offline, like I fucking, I'm waiting for that shit to land on my doorstep. When I did this ancestry thing, I fucking forgot about it. And even after I got, Oh, yeah. I, all right, all right. We'll, we'll get there. But, yeah, I forgot about it. I forgot about it. I just didn't think about it much. And then uh, even when I got the message, because they send you text messages, it's like, you know, here's the news. Your fucking DNA results are in. And I didn't even open it. And I was in Ari Manis for whatever fucking unknown reason uh, puts my... Uh, one of the photoshops made by Swindle Shop, who also is the host of the MMA Reaction. Big shout out to Swindle Shop. And we're going to do that podcast in the future, by the way, with the MMA Reaction. Uh, Elliot, uh, I, for I forget what his last name is. It's like Livy or something. Um, Irv, whatever it is. Elliot. <laughs> Elliot, I'm sorry, brother, of, uh, of the MMA Reaction. But he made this really dope edit for me, and I put it up, uh, and... Ari Manis takes it and puts it in his story and says, you should go watch this Mexican guy's podcast. So it starts a conversation in the CCC about my ethnicity, about being Mexican, which I don't fucking, I mean, albeit I've got all these lights on me right now and I got to do something about this lighting because I'm, I, I'm fucking, I look like powder. Anybody ever see powder? I look like powder right now. I'm bright as fuck. I'm completely luminescent, but uh, I don't know what the fuck makes you people think I'm Mexican, but I'm not, right? So when that happens, I go, um, a diffuser. Oh, is that a light thing? Somebody said I should get a diffuser. Is that make me fucking less? Well, you know, it's good though, because it hides whatever acne I may or may not have going on, but I look like fucking powder. I got to do something about this. We'll get there, guys. One, one, eventually, you know, it's episode 49. You think we'd have it figured out by now. We, we don't, but... <clears throat> So we're having this conversation. I'm denying being Mexican. And all of a sudden, something goes, dumbass, you have the proof. And I'm like, guys, fucking hold on, hold on, hold on. I have an ancestry thing. And I get out of the chat and I go to this fucking ancestry thing. And so at the top of the fucking list, I'm French. French as fuck. 
I'm predominantly French, baby. I'm sophisticated. I'm fashionable. I'm French, which explains the mustache. All of that. I couldn't I couldn't shave this thing off if I fucking wanted to. Like I've straight razored it before. It's just a black bar anyway across my lip. Like I knew I would need laser hair removal to to get rid of this mustache. Or maybe I, I could try shaving up because uh, I use a straight razor to shave because sophisticated. And so maybe if I go up against it, I can get rid of it. But <clears throat> nothing I've ever done has made this mustache really go away. You can't kill it. Uh, so maybe that's a French thing, right? For, the French are known for mustaches, uh, their style, uh, just their slim athletic bodies and uh, and just, you know, their taste in food and all these things. Um, and... I'm going to, right now, somebody in the chat, memes of reality, uh, is saying that that's lies and he has the actual proof and that was a tainted sample. He is a fucking photoshopper, uh, whom I love to death and has supported me for the longest time, but, uh, that doesn't stop him from just spreading lies about my ethnicity. So thanks memes, but e photoshopper. All right. So, um, like I said, number one, 25%, I'm a quarter of a Frenchman. Right, uh, which I don't really know how I've, I, I, I historically felt about the French. You know, I'm not. I don't really know anything about history. Uh, you know, Napoleon, whatever. Um, he wasn't very big. I mean, like stature-wise, but I, I don't know. Whatever. So the French, uh, cool. Now I feel kind of cool about them. You know, so I, I maybe I'm grabbing onto some identity. Honestly, no, I don't really care that I'm part French. Uh, the other part. I think it's like, uh, okay, 20% uh, Irish-Scottish, which I, I, I knew that. You know, I knew that I was uh, Irish. Um, I think that when they say Irish-Scottish, they're just like that fucking part of the world where there's like a lot of green hills and old castles and shit. Um, so, yeah, Irish-Scottish, um, which like I couldn't tell you what I get. My height, I'm not fucking very tall, thanks a lot. It's just Napoleon and Irish people. So my fucking... You know, thanks a lot, uh, jeans. Never really did much for me in that department uh, as far as, you know, vertical limitations. But the other, the rest of it was like, I think it said uh, Italian and Spain, which my last name is Corbo, which is a derivative from the Italian version of it's Corvo with a V. Uh, and that means raven or crooked. I don't know, whatever. There was a, a time when I wanted to get like a dope raven tattoo. So you start looking up raven tattoos and you're like, these aren't dope. Like none of them are never, you know, not very cool. And so uh, I, I didn't say I was a frog. Um, yeah, there's not very many cool raven tattoos. And so, <clears throat> you know, I, I didn't end up doing that. Uh, and then also I would hate to find out that... Uh, <laughs> that somebody just said they're impressed it's chase said that i'm he's impressed i'm 100 percent human and I, I think i told you in the chat this is this is regional dna all right this isn't species ancestry hasn't even thought to take that into consideration so the fact that you know there's not some sort of amphibious dna on my report it really doesn't mean anything because ancestry doesn't even know to look for that shit we're just talking regions you know what i mean frogs are from all over the world um 
but yeah, Corvo is like it's it's Italian and it, it means uh, raven or crooked, which I don't know how to fuck. Those are what, what, which one? What do you mean, raven or crooked? What would you fucking? But I didn't get the raven tattoo because two reasons: one, none of them were cool, and the other one was uh, I would just hate to find out that that wasn't what my fucking last name meant, and then pfft, now I got a raven on me. But ancestry confirmed that said the same thing about my last name. So. Um, you know, Italy, Spain, Corvo, the last name comes from my dad. My dad's South American. He's from Uruguay, but Europeans invaded South America. They brought that last name over. They raped and pillaged and did a bunch of terrible shit. Probably also some cool stuff, though. I'm sure, like, there was, like, dope conversations and the occasional hug and maybe, like, a, I, I, I don't know. Maybe they played sports. I don't know. I just feel like they didn't just do raping and pillaging. There was probably a lot of cool shit going on besides that dark-ass shit. Um... But if you look at, like, my grandpa, my grandpa looks fucking, like, like, native Taino, like, like, nappy hair. Is that, that's not racist to say. He's my fucking grandpa, right? It's not racist. He had nappy hair. Uh, very dark skin. Um, and then my grandma, who's also from Uruguay, is, to this day, she's, like, very fair skin. She's got light hair. Well, she's got white hair now, but she looked very European when my grandpa looked very fucking Native American. Uh, and so, so clearly there was some cool stuff going on. You know, while all this raping and pillaging was going on, my fucking grandpa swung down from a vine to check out one of these invading women. He's not that old, but he was like, yeah, I could fuck that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let's talk about my grandpa fucking my grandma. But that's how I came to be. So it's a beautiful thing anyway. But um, so what did I say? Spain and Italy. Those are the and then and then and then and then the Congo. There was a bunch of, there's a bunch of places, because you know how it says, like, Scotland, Ireland? Well, when it came to this bit, it said Congo, something, something. I don't have any fucking resources, because this is how I do my show. It's on my phone, and my phone is where everything is, and so I don't have any fucking real cameras, although this is fine. You know, besides the terrible lighting and looking like powder, it gets the job done, and so uh, no real complaints here. But if I wanted to pull that up for you, I'd have to pull my phone down. It's not happening, but... What I'm getting at is 7%. 7%. I'm black, baby. Your boy is black. 7 fucking percent. Goddamn. You want to talk about being a mutt, right? My whole life I never had any, 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 any. But that's what it said. I, I never had any attachments to identity in regards of my ethnicity, and uh, I'm French. Um, um, Native American was not on there. I think it was like two percent Native American. What the fuck ever? It's not going to get me into any colleges anytime soon. But Black Lives Matter, baby. Seven percent. That's pretty fucking big. I saw my wife's. So my wife is dark as shit. Uh, she's Peruvian. Well, yeah, she's Peruvian. But if you look at her ancestry, it's like also the European invaders, you know, that went to Peru and did all that. But uh, her black is like 2%. 2%. 2%. But guess what? 7%. You see that? That's a fucking 7 Give me a new uh, 
new take on life. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like that frees me up to be funkier. Like, black people can get away with doing dope shit as far as fashion goes that white people can never pull off. I can do whatever I want now. I can wear a lot more print. Animal print. Things of that nature. Upstairs in my drawer. I like to buy clothing that makes one of my buddies uncomfortable because my buddy is, like, nearly racist. Like, he's not racist, but he's, like, a white dude that works in a metal shop that, like, never cared about fashion and is totally comfortable with dressing like the 40 to 50-year-old men that work in the shop with him. And he's always dressed like that. And, you know, he just says some shit sometimes that you're not too sure. Like, ah, oh, bro, whoa, I don't know if you... I don't think it's you're allowed to say that anymore. He does a lot of that. And, uh, and he's also, like, made very uncomfortable by anything that's, like, uh... Fashionably risque. So I like to buy things that make him uncomfortable. I like to dress in ways that make him uncomfortable. And I bought a bathing suit that's some shorts. And it's leopard print. And they're, they're an extra small. They're an extra small from H&M. And uh, I bought those for him. Pop those bad boys on with those yellow glasses that don't do anything for UV protection. They just, they're just straight for swag. But I'm happy now because anytime that anybody says anything about my risque fashion, I'm black. You know, I told you guys on the episode with, uh, with, with, with Chase and Nathan that the reason that I was wearing sunglasses indoors is because I had reached a level of fame that allowed me to wear sunglasses indoors. And that my fame, the sliding scale that I adhere to, is the same one that uh, African-American hip-hop artists uh, utilize. And so... I don't know, man. It just feels good. Just feels good. 7%, though. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I started looking up uh, what makes you black, like what percentage of, 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 of black makes you black. And I don't know what the fuck I was reading, um, but at some point historically, any uh, African-American genes beyond 6.25% made you black so all i'm saying is that if i had been born just maybe like i don't know a few decades earlier some shit like that i'm black i mean i get pretty you know summertime spend a lot of time on the beach I could swim. I didn't buy this. Uh, um, somebody just said 7% black and he buys a champion shirt. Uh, you know, very into fashion. Um, I don't like the fact that I've got a champion shirt with an Adidas hat. Uh, but I'm not taking my hat off right now because my hair is a little crazy. But uh, I've had this for a while, you know. I mean, I've had this for a while. Um, I don't know if I can get my shoes in here. No, I can't get my shoes in here. My shoes are swaggy too. My pants are a little tight, so I, I can't get my shoes in the picture. But uh, you know, so I've, I've always been kind of fashion forward, fashion. Uh, but and and 
it was just a mystery. Like, why? Why? Why people don't have fashion? What's going on here? It's not a mystery anymore. Ah, man. But yeah, I don't want to harp on it. I want to move on. Um, what time is it? An hour in? Okay, so yeah, I really just wanted to uh, make sure that I said thank you to a lot of people. Uh, bye. Um... <laughs> Somebody just said, I mean, I get it in the summertime, the beach. I don't know. I don't my speech is all fucked up. You know, when 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 nobody's around to to reel me in, I go off like Alex Jones. What I meant to say by that is I get very dark in the summertime at the beach, I get very dark. Uh I don't really burn. I just get browner and browner and browner. You know. Black. Uh Anyway, yeah, like I said before Chase had to uh course correct me. Because I just, I completely derailed from something. Uh, I did want to take these last few minutes to, uh, to say thank you to a bunch of people by name. Uh, unless I don't know your name, in which case by Instagram name. Uh, and so, and just, you know, people who have, who have supported me. So number one, obviously my wife, uh, Cindy Corbo just for, I don't know, it's weird. I don't think a lot of people find somebody who's like very supportive of maybe their weird kind of creative paths that they want to take. And she's been nothing but supportive since fucking day one. Um, she actually did a podcast with me for a short while called the Mapa Mapa Show, which we just couldn't coordinate both being available at the same time with a little boy you know, to try to shoot a podcast, it ended up being like on long drives that were like an hour. Uh, <laughs> um, and he would fall asleep in the car. We would do them there. So uh, it just, you know, it just ended up not happening. I'm not listening. I just assumed you thanked me. I, I've, I've not gotten to you, Chase, yet. Okay, I'm starting from the beginning. Uh, I'm Jenna. <laughs> just <laughs> Hi, Jenna. Thank you for lurking. Um, so yeah, my, my wife has a hundred percent be my biggest, been my biggest supporter. And I just imagine that if she gave me any fucking friction at all, you know, it's, it's hard enough to be consistent, uh, even though I have total freedom to do it, you know? So if I had any resistance at all, who knows, maybe I wouldn't be doing this and we wouldn't be on episode 49, but, uh, you know, big thank you to my wife for being as supportive as she is. And, uh, and it just, it, it's weird. It like, seems like she thinks I could. Have... I don't know if we're still good. <sighs> Looks like the time is still rolling. I just told me it got dropped out for a second. Somebody in the chat confirm if we're still good. Either way, I think we're still good. So I'm still going to go. Um, so yeah anyway good awesome all right great freaked me out for a fucking second there um i would definitely like to say thank you to memes of reality uh who is one of the more recent members of the comedy content collective but even before he was a part of the group he has been a longtime supporter of my show has created a lot of awesome edits for me especially really early in the days which um 
you know, it's like edits are a massive currency that uh, if you guys make them, maybe you don't see it. But as a podcaster, it's like getting a picture of Photoshop of yourself, fucking artwork, anything like that is tremendous. It's fucking tremendous. It enables you to, uh, especially somebody like me who's fucking, you know, one part lazy, another part fucking oblivious as to how to properly social media. It helps me out tremendously because you get that ability to just take that edit, put a caption on it, toss it up and thank the person who made it. And it just keeps, you know, it just keeps, uh, keeps eyes on the show. And it also, I, I think, um, I'm in a unique position. There's a lot of podcasters out there that wish that was happening to them. And I'm lucky enough to have that happening to me, which brings me on to the whole fucking group of, you know, all these people who not only are my friends, but have also supported the show for the longest time. And it's like, uh, you know, Ari Manis said it the other day, uh, because after the last episode, we just fucking peppered him with these edits and these photoshops and over and over back to back to back. And at some point he comes out of the woodwork and he's like, um, he's like, dude, you have more people making pictures for you than Rogan. And it was just like, it confirmed it for me. Cause I always knew that I was lucky. I know that I'm lucky to be part of the group that I am and, and to, to have the friends that I have. Um, because they're all skilled in fucking memes and photoshops and everything. And, uh, and it's an awesome promotion tool for the show. Um, and so I'm lucky to have people that are talented that way around me. But to hear it come from somebody else was like, uh, what did he say? You have the exact, it's the, yeah, it's Chase Lepard just said, I have the exact same people making um, images for me that Rogan does. Uh, no, you should not be charging me. You fucking no. I should never have done this. Thank you. Because now they're thinking about charging me. Fucking get that out of your mind. All right. Stay humble. All right, you guys aren't that good. <laughs> um... But, yeah, man, so, um, I forgot what I was saying. It's just really nice to have that. It's, it's, it's massive, um, and it's a direct window into whether or not people are listening, you know, when they start to make edits of things that are from the episode. It's, you know, like I said, very lucky to have that, um, I think I have to thank, uh, Nathan Baird of Drawn from the Mind, for putting in the word for me that snowballed this whole thing in the first place because I don't know that if I hadn't um, made friends with Nathan because Nathan is the one that told the CCC when they first got started um, that, you know, I wasn't a complete psychopath and that... Uh, and he also is the one that recommended that I talk to Chase. And uh, and I was thinking about reaching out to Chase, and I just didn't think that he would respond because his page is really big. And, um, and you know, I had just started the show. I didn't th But when he suggested it, I, I reached out. And, uh, and then that was, you know, a, a second giant piece to the puzzle of this all happening. So if it wasn't for Nathan Baird and Chase Lepard... Uh, 
shit, man. If it wasn't for Chase Lepard, there probably wouldn't be a CCC. So, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I could see, like, none of this happening. It was, it is very fortunate the way that things work out. You know what I mean? Like, Chase had the idea to pull these people together, this group of artists and like-minded individuals, and at the same time, I was making friends with Nathan, who was one of those like-minded individuals. I didn't mean to almost air quote that, because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that insinuates. I kind of threw an air quote there. One of those like-minded individuals, I don't know. Um, but he was one of those like-minded individuals, and so it was kind of this it wouldn't have worked two months before it and uh, like-minded. And it wouldn't have, and it might not have worked this deep into the, you know, the game of the CCC. Maybe it would have, but um, I don't know. So either way, I see it as a really fortunate series of events of becoming friends with Nathan and then becoming friends with Chase and the timing of everything. Um, you know, and then meeting all these people who, um, admire, you know, the, the CCC is, I, I, I don't think I've got a fucking episode without talking about them. Um, talk about us cause I'm part of it. I, I still have uh, issues with that in my mind, you know, because everybody else creates pictures and shit. And so, um, but I'm not fucking don't, you know, they, they, they always go off and they go, no dude, but you make fucking great shit too. And I'm not, I'm not fishing for that. All right. I'm just saying there's a little part of my brain that goes, well, everybody makes pictures and it's hard for me, but I'm getting there. So I'm part of the CCC and the CCC, I haven't gotten an episode without talking about it, but it's like their fucking targets are the biggest names in comedy and the biggest names in, in podcasting. And, but these are the same people that are making fucking edits for me. And so so early in the life of my show we're not even on a we're not even on a year yet um we're not even on a year yet we'll be on a year of this show uh, i believe in june i think in june we'll be there and so tremendously early in the lifespan of where i belong i have had the support of a bunch of fucking killers you know and then uh it's it's weird man it's like the biggest fans of my shows uh my show is the these people that like judge podcasts you know what i mean it's like they're only making edits for like the cream of the crop but they're fucking friends with me and they support my show too uh unbelievable you know jenna sunday um i don't know if you're still in the chat but what one of my biggest supporters um, you know, thank God for these people too, because if it wasn't for these people, uh, I might not have the baggage to be all, all of the, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Like, like there's too much at stake now. I couldn't just fucking stop the show and then have, you know, Jenna and fucking Chase be like, what happened to Dave? And I'm just... Uh, I'm just gone now. Like, there's too much at stake. I can't stop this shit now. It's got to keep going. Swindle shopped. Another one. Swindle, um, 
He's a great edit maker. Uh, he does great photoshops. He's got his own unique style too. It's like whenever you see him, the, the uh, Chase and Nathan said it best on algorithms. It's like when you see Swindle Shops uh, uh, photoshops, you know that um, you know it's him. You don't even have to see the fucking. <laughs> Fuck you, Chase. He just said, I think we'd manage in, in regards to me leaving. Um, but he's also, Swindle also has the MMA reaction. And he's going to be on the show really soon. We're just uh, uh, trying to work it out. It, it, it was like last time we tried to do it, uh, he's got a little boy. And his little boy's like two years old. And you could hear him in the background fucking uh, listening to like the ABCs and, and just like laughing and shit. And I was like, dude, I can hear that. He's like, you can hear that? And I was like, so we're going to get it done. Uh, it just hasn't gotten done yet. Um, but he's been one of like one of the really early people that supported my show was Swindle Shop. He's been making edits for me like really early in the game. Um, in hindsight, you know, the same thing for like memes of reality. I'm like, the fact that anybody gave a shit that early in the game to do something like I keep going back to it, and I can't do it justice enough. You guys don't realize how much it spurs a person on um, when they're when they're um, when they're making a show because you know you, you just want positive feedback. I think it's a little bit different for people that are making memes and photoshops and shit because you make that thing, you slap the hashtags on it, and you get it pretty. You know, you'll see the response. You'll see the response. And the, the very same day, you might have Christina Pazinski share it. You might have Chris D'Elia share it. You know what I mean? And so there's, there's an immediate... But when you do a podcast, and you're talking for a fucking ridiculous amount of time, and then it's just out there in the air, and you've got no idea what's going on. You don't know if anybody liked it. You might have some personal friends, some family members that are like, good job. You know what I mean? And that's cool. But you want to know how anybody else is receiving it. And then all of a sudden, here comes you know, memes of reality. And he fucking makes an edit. And, dude. Like, I remember, I, I think it was him. One of the first things that he did was, um, he put my face on Rogan. Uh, and, you know, it's a fucking kid in a candy shop, bro. Like, you got a podcast. I've been listening to Rogan for fucking seven, eight years or some crazy shit like that. And all of a sudden, like, I start doing my own show. And very early on, somebody makes this Photoshop of me like my face on Rogan's body and it's like the funniest thing. I don't know what it is, dude. You could see a Photoshop of like a comedian doing some shit and it's funny, right? But as soon as it's you that's photoshopped, I mean, I fucking screamed laughing. Like ah! like I would never laugh like that in real life. I it was like people were going to call the police cuz I'm screaming in my fucking living room. Um but yeah, man, those things are huge when you're first doing a show. And so, uh, you know, I just wanted to say thank you to all these people because I'm very lucky um, to have this type of support this early on in the game. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of other people don't have it. And, uh, and that's enough. And yes, the, the police do have my address now. Uh, thank you, Chase, for pointing that out, which I think is a callback to when I threatened to call the police on Chase for something that he said as a joke, and I accidentally called the fucking police uh, because I forgot how house phones work. And and, and I, I hit talk, 
after I had hit 911 and and then it just dialed and I was like Aah! and I fucking hung up and uh and they called it right back and I had to explain to them that it was just a joke and they had to explain to me that uh well the police have to come anyway and then the police came to my house and I had to explain to them that it was just a joke. But instead of, like, waiting for them to come and knock on the door, I walked down my fucking walkway all the way down my driveway and, in, in like, intercepted them before they got there. Like a psychopath. And then I was like, ah, it's just a joke. You ever fucking... You ever have somebody say some shit? You go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call the cops. And then you you do. You know, you ever... You ever... And you do... I did. This is nothing. You want to talk to my wife? And then I went inside and got my wife, which very much seemed like I gave her a fucking powwow before she went out and talked to the police. And then she went out to the police. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been fun, guys. Um, so that's it. Uh, if I forgot anybody, it's only because I can barely even finish a sentence when I do a solo podcast, and uh, I didn't forget anybody. You know, I, I know how lucky I am. And also, you know, uh, like, thank you to my mom, too. Uh, I don't know. One of the things, yeah, like, you guys, I don't know if you know, uh, my mom watches, like, so many of these lives, which is, like, nerve-wracking as fuck. That's the scariest person to have watching you while you're doing a live is your mom, but... Uh, and she never says anything. She'll sometimes she'll do a little wave in the chat. Uh, but big shout out to my mom. Love you. Thanks for watching, mom. And uh, you know, I've uh, big shout out to all my Patreon supporters. Um, you know, the fact that anybody's paying fucking money for me is bananas. But it also enables me to like if I have conversations with people and they go, oh. Uh, do you even make money off this show? I go, well, yeah. I'm not lying. I do. <sighs> so, that's it, guys. I make money off this show. And I'm black. And, uh, and I'm appreciative. So, um, I've got some cool stuff coming up. Very soon, I've got, uh, Jenna is coming back with, uh, <laughs> hi, Dave. You know what's really funny? Oh, my God. What's really funny about, they, right now, Memes of Reality just called me Davey Chi-Chi. He said, hi, Davey Chi-Chi's mom. My mom very recently showed me what Mon Chi-Chi was. I had no idea what Mon Chi-Chi was. She was looking at my son, and he's got, you know, he, he didn't have a haircut at the time. It was all fluffy and, and stupid. And, um, no, don't, 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 how dare you? Uh, my mom, mom, do not slide into Chase Lepard's DMs. He's requested it, and I, I would really appreciate it if he didn't. But he also says hello. Uh, but I didn't know what Monchichi was, and my mom said that my son looked like Monchichi. And, um, and then all of the sudden, like, through some little conversation, memes of reality makes me into a Mon Chichi. I took that. I sent that straight to my mom. And also, uh, Jenna, mom, Jenna says, uh, snakes are the coolest. Please adopt her. Because my mom is a gangster and, uh, and uh, she, she breeds uh, ball pythons. And, uh, and 
uh, Jenna loves ball pythons. Jenna loves reptiles. And so and she actually, my mom came up in the last episode and we talked about that. But yeah, so uh, thanks, mom. I don't know. I feel like I'm forgetting people. Uh, I know I'm forgetting people because there's so many people that, that support me. That's a, I, I, I want to get off, you know, but I also want to fucking say like, it's crazy. Like people have all these fucking negative connotations with what goes on in the internet. And, and yeah, sure. There's a lot of naysayers about a thing. You know, you go to do a thing. I, I know people personally that fucking look at me weird because I do a show and, uh, they think that my pursuits are, are stupid. And, oh, a uh, big shout out to Joe Harris of Photoshopped as fuck. Big shout out to algorithms podcast with Chase Lepard and Nathan Baird. And also a uh, big shout out to Joseph Faria and his show, Something for Nothing, Magnum Meme, another one. The whole fucking CCC. Uh, what was I talking about, my mom? Oh, no. It's so crazy because when you do a show, you think there's... And like I said, there is negative people out there. and There are people that look at me weird for doing a show. And they ask stupid questions like, do you even get paid? Da-da-da-da-da. Right? But... Um, the fucking amount of support that I get just ugh, just takes a dump on that. There's so much. There's so much. Uh, 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 there's so much support behind this. It's it's phenomenal. Oh, uh, <laughs> big shout out to Creative Ape, Mikey Klein of One by One. Uh, did you talk about the mommy CCC shout out? You know, I, 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 I don't know if I talked about that, uh, but it was when I feel like I'm an idiot if I did. No, I definitely did. But I do want to talk about one of the craziest fucking moments. No, no, I haven't. I haven't talked about it. That's right. Um, very recently on your mom's house, uh, podcast with Sean Evans as the guest. So if you guys go to the Sean Evans episode, there is actually a moment where, um, uh, 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 I forget what video it was, but Jenna sent it in and, uh, mommy Tina is talking about the, the video and then gives a shout out to the whole CCC. And then they actually talk about it for like a, a solid 30 seconds, which if you hear 30 seconds, it doesn't sound like a not bitch. If you are, your mom's house is one of the best fucking podcasts out there that I, 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 uh, admire them so much they're one of the massive influences behind me doing a show in the first place in fact they're probably the biggest influence behind me and my wife doing the mapa mapa show which is never fleshed out but they were the direct influence for that one um and all of a sudden you're watching them these people that have influenced you to do this fucking thing in the first place and they're talking about the organization that is just to say organization is sounds crazy it's it's fucking me and my friends and and we're swapping ideas and uh, you know watching all this magic shit unfold where everybody's making these hilarious fucking things and and i mean you know if we're being honest here if you look behind the scenes in the ccc like yeah it's a lot of work being pumped out of there but below the surface that's 85 percent dick jokes talking about rape and satan uh just all kinds of uh, dog talk just talk about dogs just constantly dogs which i i don't want to give you guys the secrets of you know the ccc and what we call dogs but we've got lingo for everything and and uh you know uh, no secrets no secrets i'm just saying it's what's the difference there uh 15 percent 
work 85% sheer silliness, which I think is, is the ideal work environment. Clearly, that's the formula, right? Because right now, the comedy content collective is crushing. And if you're going, well, how do I make my business successful? I say 15% work, 85% dick jokes. And that's going to increase productivity 100%. You heard it here, Ferks. Ferks, you heard it. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, if we worked 100% instead of 15%, we might be making money. Yeah, maybe. I am making money. I don't know about you guys. I'm fucking balling. Um, but that's it. Please, I'm going to end this uh, before I go off on another tangent. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you've been listening since the really early episodes of Where I Belong, like I said, this is episode number 49. Uh, the next one pumping out is 50, because that's what comes after 49, and that's a lot. That's a lot. There's a lot of hours of me shooting the shit on the internet, and if you've been listening to that happen since the early days, I'll kiss you right on the mouth. Oh, my God, please. Voice Monster edits Colin Metzger. Uh, of course, well, I think I actually shouted him out in the very beginning, but uh, and also... Illustrated, illustrated skills. Uh, just another iPhone. Um, I'm sorry, my shoutouts are all over the place. This is because fucking memes of reality keeps reminding me about the balls that I'm dropping. Um, but if you've been listening since the early days of the podcast, I love you. Uh, thank you so much. And if I see you in public, I'll kiss your mouth. Uh, head over to whereibelongpodcast.com. <laughs> and um you can have you'll have access to all things where i belong bleach media did i not shout out bleach media big shout out to bleach media because if it wasn't for him i would not have had my last episode with ari manis uh uh he actually helped me to put that whole thing together so thank you very much to andrew baxter of bleach media uh head over to where i belong podcast.com you'll have access to all the little clickies for emma i'm sorry not clickies for emma <laughs> shout out to emma what's emma's actual instagram name memes now now you've got a fucking job to do you better spit it out um <laughs> uh to emma i'm sorry i don't have the rest of your name here uh what the fuck was i saying you have all the buttons for my social media so my twitter which i'm not very active on twitter i should do better at that facebook the same thing chase is like a social media connoisseur emma underscore art thank you jenna uh, Chase is a social media uh, connoisseur, and he's always like, you should do better on this, that, and the other thing. And he's always fucking right. Uh, but I just, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot. It's fucking hard to, like, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, uh, you know, to, like, put content on my Patreon. Patreon, by the way, step your shit out or step your shit up. Uh, Emma, Emma, Emma T underscore art. Emma Tart. She's a fucking gangster, by the way. Emma uh, of the Comedy Content Collective, Emma T underscore art, is like, she's doing the highest level, like, I, you you would get, I, I would get her shit tattooed on me. Like, it's fucking crazy what she, what she does or, and how she does it. I, it's, it's so, uh, stu and, and Jenna is, Jenna loves you. Jenna says that she loves you, Emma. And so, uh, but it's crazy the level of, of, like how clean it is, it's uh, it's high and it's tight. 
uh, Emma's a fucking gangster. But yeah, man, um, I don't remember what else I was saying. Subscribe to my Patreon. That'd be cool. <laughs> and uh, Chase, I'll do better at social media one day. All right, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to Where I Belong. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got for you. Okay? Until next time with Jenna and Joseph Faria. Peace out. Bye. Bye-bye. nothing you could do to stop the impending doom of you and everyone you love dying where i belong podcast